Well, it's good to see you. Look at your neighbor. Say, it's good to see you today. Now, look at your other neighbor. Some, now, some, listen, don't look at the wall. Don't, that's just weird. Amen. Some of you are like me. You like to sit right by the window seat. Like if I'm on a plane, I want to sit by the window seat. Um, and uh, if, I'm, if I'm talking outside, it's weird. Amen. But it's good to see you this morning. And, and listen, we are entering into week two of Sharing Your Story, the series that we're talking about this month, Sharing Your Story. And I'm so thankful for the positive comments and, and even the negative ones. Uh, I'm thankful for the positive comments that were received about last week's message and not because it's my message. I'm not worried about who gets the accolades other than him. Amen. I, I've got an audience of one. I know I'm preaching to you, but I've got an audience of one. And, and so I'm thankful uh, for all the positive comments we had. Some of you weren't able to be here. I'm just going to give you a quick, quick recap, very quick. You say, can you make the week quick? No, I'm not going to do that, but I'm going to make the recap quick. Amen. We found out last week that we are called to be, what was that word? Thank you for the one person that got the message. Maybe we just need to re-preach the whole thing. Because some of you all were here. Amen. We are called to be witnesses. Somebody say witnesses. We are called to our Jerusalem, which is our families and our community and our city. We are called to Judea, which is our state. We're called to Samaria, which is our country. And we're called to the ends of the earth, which is outside of our country. That's where we're called to be witnesses. Basically, what I'm telling you is, wherever you go, we're a witness. Amen. We learned last week also that we need to pray for God connections. Somebody say God connections daily. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you prayed for a God connection this week because I'm scared if you may not raise your hand and it would disappoint me and make me sad. And it's Pastor Appreciation Month. Amen. Three billion, somebody say billion. Three billion people have never heard the name of Jesus in our world. Three billion. I mean, if you take a, there's a video of a, of a, a minister uh, who's gone on to be with the Lord. His name is Reinhard Bonnke. And um, he, he uh, did crusades in Africa. And there were, there's videos of, of over a million people that are at one of his crusades. Million people. And as that, as that video scans, you can see, like as far as you can look, you can just see people. That's just one million. Three billion people. The last thing we learned is this. Everyone, somebody say everyone. Everyone has a story. And it's time to share yours. It's time to share yours. The verse that we talked about last week that's going to kind of be our anchor verse for the whole series is Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And it says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. Somebody say everywhere. In Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now that's the New Living Translation. But I want to give you one other verse today. We're going to talk about when we get into our message. It's a familiar passage. It's one that we many learned right out of Sunday school or in Sunday school. John 3.16. For God so sometimes loved people. Now, did I misread that? I must have put it in my notes wrong. No, no, I didn't. For God so loved the world that he gave. Somebody say he gave. His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. Let's pray this morning. Father, I'm so thankful uh, to be able to deliver Your Word today. I'm thankful for every person that's in this building. I know we have a few that are traveling, some that are not feeling well, some that just couldn't be with us. God, I pray that if they're in this building, if they watch this message online, if they're watching now, God, that you would, God, do a work that my words can never do. But Lord, let your Holy Spirit do the work on the inside of every man, woman, boy, and girl. Lord, I thank you for this word today. I don't take it lightly what we are getting ready to share. So, Lord, I pray you would do the work cross before me in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. I shared this last week, um, and it's so true. 
there's many times that people come to us as believers, if we know the Lord, and they really just need a drink of water. But we get so excited. It kind of reminds me, now this is not my notes. It kind of reminds me, if you've ever seen Tommy Boy play. Hasn't anybody ever seen the movie Tommy Boy? All right, some of you were like, oh, I can't raise my hand. That's not a godly. Okay, I'm not telling you to go watch it. I'm just saying in Tommy Boy, the movie, he takes this this, this, uh, little role. And he's talking about why he's not a very good salesperson. And he takes this role. And he's talking about how he's really nice and gentle and careful with it. Then all of a sudden he gets excited and he tears it all up and goes flying everywhere. And that reminds me of many believers. Because we pray for people to come talk to us. We pray that God would open doors for us to share our story. We pray and we're really careful. And then all of a sudden they ask for a drink of water and we go, yes, here's a fire hose. And we lose the opportunity to connect with people. Many times that's because we just don't understand how to share our story. Many times that's the case. Statistics say this. I heard this statistic this week or read this statistic and and it, it just, it hurt me. It hurt me. Statistics say that 1.8%, somebody say 1.8% of the American church Only 1.8% has led someone or told someone about Jesus. 1.8%. I am concerned if that's the case today, amen? But as we talk about sharing our story, we understand that people do not care how much you know until they know how much you care. Did you hear what I said? They do not care how much you know until they know how much you care. You could be the smartest person in the world, but people will not hear you until you take time and I take time to listen to them. It's getting quiet already and I'm not even to the meat yet. Sharing our story is not about us. You say, well, uh, that doesn't make any sense, pastor. That's, that's my story. It's certainly about me. The purpose of sharing our story is not about us, but it's about connecting. It's a connection point to others so that we can tell them about how great that our God is. Hmm. We can't connect with others and share our story unless we do a few things that are vitally important. A few things. There's many more, but I'm going to share three this morning. You say, well, I'm, I, I may not agree with one of your points. Take it up with the Lord in prayer. Amen. And I'll be glad to talk to you too. The first point is this. Love people where they are Love people where they are at. Jesus, when he called his first four disciples, they didn't come to him. He went to them. Andrew and Peter were fishing. And Jesus said, hey, come follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. James and John were on a boat working on their nets. And he said, follow me. He went to where they were. And I'm going to tell you this morning that as believers, we must uh, love people where they're at. If Jesus was walking the earth today, I promise you he would spend less time in church and more time outside the building. You say, well, would he come to church? I'm sure he'd be in church some. Other churches, he's probably not welcome in. (laughs) Y'all are hurting me this morning. I'm just going to tell you the truth. Listen, Jesus Jesus of the Bible, 
Not the Jesus that other people have talked about or kind of made up their mind on. Jesus of the Bible wouldn't be welcome in some churches today. I'm glad he's welcome here. I'm glad he's leading here. I'm glad he's moving here. But even as welcome as he is, if he was walking this earth, he wouldn't spend his 168 hours a week in the church building. He would be outside the building sharing, loving, and serving others. We have to love people where they're at. Too many times we show conditional love. I'll share my story with them if they don't do this. I'll love and connect with them as long as they don't partake in that. Can I tell you, we have to love people like God loves people. God does not love the sin, but he does love the sinner. If you can't understand that this morning, I want you to understand, how does God love? God loves without restraint. God loves without restriction. God loves with a reckless abandon. We sing the song, Reckless Love. Can I tell you, that is a true depiction of how God loves us. You say, what? Well, I don't know if I believe that. Listen, he sacrificed the most valuable, precious thing for you and I. That is reckless love. He didn't share his son with us and his love with us because we're perfect. He loved you and I as flawed as we are. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you've got flaws because we all do. And if you don't want to acknowledge it, then I pray that God touches your heart today. We are flawed. And in spite of our issues, and look at your neighbor, see, you got some issues. Yeah. Some of you are waiting for that morning. You're like, just say it. Come on. And hear me, hear me, this morning, I'm not, I I know some of us really do have issues. I know some of us really do have trauma, and some of us really do have some drama in our life. But I want you to understand that in spite of all of that, that God still loved us. And if we're going to be like Jesus, we have to love people where they're at, in the middle of their mess. As believers, we have to know. If we can't love people through their mess, they will never hear our message. Never hear our message. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world. I'm going to share this. If we as the body of Christ and as believers do not start demonstrating the love of God to others, then we are hypocrites. Didn't expect many amens right there. But it's the truth. Again, I don't love the sin. God doesn't love the sin. But he loves the sinner. And some of us have been so churchified. Some of us have been saved for so long. Some of us have forgotten where God brought us out of. But can I tell you, maybe you were far gone, and maybe you never really committed the big sins in your mind. But I'm going to tell you, you were lost. I was lost. And without his love, we would still be lost. I'm thankful he didn't wait for me to clean up my act before he came into my life. Thankful that when he came into my life, he changed me. Amen. We have to start demonstrating the love of Christ because if we don't, we are going to find ourselves losing any chance to impact others. Hear me, that is not a comment, that is a statement. That is not a question, that is a fact. Amen. If it doesn't bother you today, I'm I'm not even going there. I'm just going, yeah, I am. If it doesn't bother you today that church people can walk past others that are hurting and they don't want to talk to them, they don't want to spend time with them, they don't want to 
because they don't look right, they don't smell right, they don't talk right, they don't dress right, they don't live right, they may have some problems. Listen to me. I'm going to tell you today, if I've got to go to a crack house and talk to somebody, I'm going to wait till they get out of that crack house, and we're going to talk about Jesus. We're going to share our story. Because hear me, hear me today. I want you to understand this isn't about me. This isn't. About, I know where my relationship is with Jesus. I'm worried about trying to help others save the world. Now, understand, I'm not telling you to go out and sit in a bar and help yourself get drunk until you find somebody to talk to about Jesus. What I'm telling you today is get yourself ready to talk to somebody about what God is going to do in your life and in their life outside of that place. That wasn't in my notes either. Just going to tell you the truth. Say, Pastor, I don't like you talking like that. Then I pray that God touches you. I'm not trying to offend anybody today. Hear me today. I'm not trying to offend anybody today. But there is a world in Mercer County that needs Jesus. And if we as the church don't step up and start loving people where they are at, they're going to miss heaven, and it's going to be on our hands. Woo. Thank you, Lord. We've got to love people where they're at. The second thing we have to do is we have to earn the right to share our story. Earn the right to share our story. Now, earn the right almost seems like it's a bad thing. But today I'm going to tell you, I don't, I don't care how churchified you are, how fluent you are in Christianese. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't allow just anybody to speak into my life. Notice I didn't say talk to me. Anybody can talk to me. But I don't allow just anybody to speak into my life. I have to guard myself. And we must understand today that we're not just sharing our story of what Jesus has done in our lives. But we are actually providing a tangible example of what Jesus has done. It's not just talking to someone. But it is speaking into their life. Speaking into their life. I'm not going to ask you this morning, and this isn't in my notes either. I'm not going to ask you what you're speaking into someone's life today. I'm not going to ask you what you're speaking into your family's life today. I'm not going to ask you what you're speaking into your co-worker's life today. I'm not going to ask you what you're speaking into your school worker's life today. I'm not going to ask you when you go to the store what you're speaking into other people's lives. I wouldn't do that. Because this morning our words are powerful. And we better understand we are not our own. If we're saved, we're not our own. We've been bought with a price. We're his. We are his witnesses. And if we're speaking contrary to what Jesus would say about him, I'm going to tell you right now, listen, some of you need to start walking and talking with the addicts that are in your life. And instead of saying you're just a loser, you can't figure this out, start speaking that Jesus is going to set them free. Start speaking that Jesus is going to deliver them. You say, Pastor, you don't know. My family is all messed up. Can I tell you, I know a God that can turn your family around quicker than you can say a prayer. Oh, Jesus, help me. Sharing our story with someone could be the key to them desiring to know who Jesus is or having no desire at all to ever know him. I'm thankful last week for Pastor, jo Pastor Doug and, 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 and Jen who shared their story. Just real. Just real. I'm thankful for that. And Pastor Doug made a statement at the end of that that said, I know that we are supposed to share what's on the inside with others. And I'm paraphrasing. I'm sorry. I, did, I usually can quote some of his stuff. Couldn't do that one. We are all called to share our story with someone else. Earning the right to speak into someone's lives many times comes in many different ways. I'm going to give you just a few, just a few how we can share our story with others and earn the right to speak into someone's life. Sometimes we have to share a meal or two with somebody. Say, Pastor, I don't have much money. Get the McDonald's app. It, it saves you money. 
other, I mean, if you're going there, you're going to have to spend some money to get, anyway. You may have to share a meal. It doesn't have to be something fancy. Share a meal. Before sharing our story, we may have to answer that call that comes into our phone at 2 o'clock in the morning that we normally let go to voicemail. Nobody call me after 10 o'clock because I ain't answering that thing. Sure enough, I'm praying somebody calls you at midnight that needs your help. Because hear me, what we are doing, hear me, what we are doing as the body of Christ isn't working. We got to do better. And that's going to take us getting outside of our comfort zone. That's going to take us getting outside of what we normally do. Because if you want to see different things that God has for you, you're going to have to get outside and do greater things than you've ever done for him. We may have to spend some time outside of Sunday at church to invest in somebody. Oh, but, but Pastor, you know, Sunday's where we connect. The rest of the week is mine. Wrong. Every day is his. Oh, Jesus. Help me today. Help me this morning. Mm. Serving others. We may have to, before we share our story, we may have to serve people when it's not convenient for us. I've got plans. Can I tell you? They do too. But the devil has plans for their life. Not going too far there. We earn the right by earn the right to share by doing something that is so, so hard for so many of us. It's one word. It's six letters. Listen. Hold on a second. I said that's one of the hardest things for us to do. Because we're so, how many is excited about what God's done in your life? Let's be real. How many is excited about what God has done in your life? If he's changed your life, if, and you say, well, pastor, I'm going through some rough times. I understand, but you're not going through them alone now because you have Jesus, amen? And, and he, we know that we can be excited about it, but sometimes we have to stop and listen. Not listen for them to stop talking so we can talk, but listen so that we can hear. So that we can hear the hurt. So that we can hear the struggle. So we can hear the pain. And we can hear the battle. So we can hear the addiction. So we can hear the real story that they are telling us. So many times before we're able ever to share our story, they share theirs. But it's not one of what Jesus has done. It's about how the enemies run their life. And we have to listen. It takes a long time for walls to come down for people. And sharing our story makes us vulnerable. But we have to remember that the person that we're talking to and building a relationship and a connection with, they're just as vulnerable. Does anybody, and I think Wednesday nights have been really, I've enjoyed Wednesday nights and our Bible study that we're having in Christian living. Um, but, but we asked this question, I asked this question Wednesday, how many is really excited when you mess up? Uh, we, we talked about uh, um, uh, little kids, and, and, and I, I know uh, Miss Annie, Miss Annie is, and AJ is who I use Wednesday night, uh, but, but Miss Annie uh, is how old? She's six, six years old. And, and I know some of you think she's perfect. And, and she is in God's eyes. Amen. But sometimes she acts like her daddy. When she's really good. But when she's bad, she acts like, see, you all thought it was the other way around. No, 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 I'm just kidding. Yeah, am I, am I, I got an amen from Pastor Chad. Uh, 
But 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 let me ask you, Chet, Pastor Chet, um, when, when Miss Annie does something she knows wrong, does she come in usually so happy to tell you all she did wrong, or does she usually go and probably kind of hide a little bit, stay a little clear? She's really sad about, okay, you're ruining the whole thing here. I don't want you to lie either, but I wish you to help me. Most kids, let me give you a quick story. I got time, I promise. Most, I, I was a young man. I was, I was about uh, eight, and, and I wanted to be Hulk Hogan for Halloween. And they had the plastic outfits, and that was good. But I noticed that Hulk Hogan was a little more tan than I was. And I thought to myself, I'm going to get some paint. And I remember after Saturday morning, wrestling was on, and he was on there, and, you know, he was, what are you doing, brother, and all that stuff. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got my dumbbells, my Hulk Hogan dumbbell workout thing, cassette tape. I had the tiger was on. And I put on that outfit. I thought, I'm almost there. Mind you, he also has blonde hair. I did have dark hair. Um, no, I have no hair. I'm closer to him than I ever was. But <laughs> I remember going into the bathroom, getting this paint, and taking a brush. It was like a little itty paint brush. That's so, so not smart of a young man. Um, and my wife says, sometimes you don't grow out of things. But, um, but I remember taking the paint and, 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 and going down my arm a little bit and going, that's pretty close. Paint some more. And, and it was sleeveless. It was a sleeveless thing, right? So I'm, I'm painting my arm and I'm painting this arm and I start painting my face. And my mom comes in and she goes, what are you doing? Now, now I would be like, what are you talking about, brother? But not then. Not then. I said, I said, nothing. She said, what are you doing with paint? What paint? She said, the paint's that behind your back. I don't have anything. Amen. I didn't want to fess up to my mistakes. And I'm going to tell you many times as believers, it's awful hard to us to be able to go boldly before the throne of grace and say, Father, I need your forgiveness because I failed you. I dropped the ball. I messed up. But can I tell you, the enemy tries to tell us, don't go. He's going to treat you poorly. He's going to treat you bad. He's going to judge you. Can I tell you when he'll judge you? When we don't go to the throne of grace. Everything the enemy says is a lie. It's vulnerable when we share our failures. The third thing is this. First, we have to love people where they're at. Second is we have to earn the right to share our story. The third thing is this. Don't leave people where you find them. We must always, no matter what, whether we get to share our story or not, whether people reject us or not, whether people like us or not, we have to leave people better than we found them. So I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know if I like that. Can I tell you why we have to do that? Because Jesus did. Hear me. Just because someone encountered who Jesus was does not mean they accepted who Jesus was. That probably needs to be preached in churches too. Just because I know of him doesn't mean I know him as my Savior. But they did leave better than where he found them because of the life that he lived, because of the story that he shared. Even if they rejected him, he left people better than when he found him. 
Church people have earned a pretty bad reputation for using people and then pushing them off. Well, uh, God bless you. It's good to see you here. You've been here a few weeks. What do you do? Can you sing? No. Can you do anything on the stage? No. Want help in kids' church? No. Well, I don't know if there's a lot of value. Just being real, that's what some church people think. If you're not up on a stage and if you're not doing, there's no value. Can I tell you, that's so messed up. God has invested in people. Every single person in this building has value to him. Do we need people to help in kids' church? Yes. Do we need people to help with worship? Yes. But you're not defined by your role. It's not about somebody's gifts and talents and abilities. But it's about real life relationships. Well, I want to connect. I, I remember for so many years uh, at the church we were at, we would we pray, God, send us a piano player. God, send us, we need a keyboard player. We need somebody who can just play. And every time, man, listen, every time somebody walked in the door, God bless you, do you play the piano? Our pastor played, and he was good. But, but we needed to make sure that every time, and somebody would be like, oh, yeah, I play. So do I. Not well, amen. So then we said, do you play well? I'm just kidding, we didn't do that. But what we found was this. There was somebody that was in the sanctuary, in the congregation, that had been there for almost 18 years. That God had gifted and given the ability to do that. And they played. And I'm going to share this, and you may need to get cut out of the sermon. We prayed for years that God would send us somebody to play the keyboard. And I promise you, God opened a door for probably one of the most talented and gifted, anointed individuals on a keyboard. And they got up, and they did not look like what everybody thought they should look like. They didn't necessarily probably use the words, and I'm not saying they were using any foul language, but they didn't use the words that everybody thought they should be using. And so here's what happened. During praise and worship. God answered a prayer, but we didn't like the answer that he sent. Oh, help me. I'm going to go on. That probably didn't help anybody, but it helped me. But God opens a door for us. I'm not worried about if you can carry a tune in a bucket or you sing like a star. I don't care if you've got a million dollars in your pocket or you have a dollar in your bank account. It does not matter to me. What I want you to know is that you matter to God. You are valuable to God. You make a difference. And hear me this morning. What's just as important as the people that are out there on the street. Can I tell you today, I believe the best preachers, the best leaders, the best teachers, the best praise and worship leaders, the best servants for the kingdom are still yet to come into the door because the church has got to get busy reaching them so they can fulfill the call that God has in their life. What the church has written off, God's about to use. That's free. I said what the church has written off, God is about to use. Hmm. This morning, and uh, as last week, we, we, we had a, a story. This morning we're getting ready to, to share a story, and I want you to know that 40 to 50 minutes of footage was shot in pretty much all of these stories. And we had to condense them down to about 10 minutes. I promise after this, after this uh, video, I'm going to come back up, and we're going to talk real quick to recover our points. And I'm going to sit down, and we're going to pray, and we're going to go home. But I want to tell you today, there's importance of why we're doing this. 
There's an importance to why we're doing this. I, I need you to understand today that my desire has nothing to do with filling this building. You say, well, don't we want more people? Absolutely. That's not my purpose in sharing our story. We're sharing our story because I want heaven bigger. I want to grow the kingdom. God help us be kingdom-minded. I want you to stay engaged in this video. We're the Burks, and, and this, this is, is our story. story. Um, I absolutely grew up in church. Uh, my grandma took me. I remember going from, I don't know, probably the time I was two or three years old. spent most of my childhood, teenage years um, for the Lord. And I, uh, I grew up in a house that wasn't necessarily churchy. Um, you know, my mom went to church when she was younger and she believed in God, but she never took me to church. That was all my grandma. Um, I got pregnant when I was 18, so got married when I was 19 and stayed in church for a while. Um, ended up getting a divorce and through that divorce, um, I was really angry and upset and I didn't go to church for a long time. Going through divorce was horrible. I had two kids uh, at the time. They were nine and 12 and it was very hard for them. And I just questioned God a lot about why I was going through things. Um, I grew up in a broken home. I didn't want to do that to my kids. I, I swore I never would do that to my kids. Um, but it just came to the point where it was better for my kids to live in a healthy environment than to live through what we were living at that time. Um, so it was it was pretty rough. And, and I let the devil get to me um, when we separated. My ex asked me three things, and he said, I don't want you to have my last name anymore. I don't want you to go to the same church as me, and I don't want you to sing anymore. And I went 12 years without singing because I was mad at the world. Um, didn't really grow up in church. Didn't have that influence in my life as a kid. Didn't have it in my house. <clears throat> Not saying it was that grew up rough, but I mean, just they didn't push for it to go to church. They didn't influence it any other way. Honestly, had quite a few conversations with um, Pastor Roger a lot, just about you know the fact of getting to know him. And um, I went every now and then to another church never really felt like I belonged. Always just kind of felt like an outcast. Um, didn't really feel like I belonged in, in church until I started coming here around Annie's dedication. We weren't faithfully going to church. Um, we, had, we had been to a couple churches, um, you know, kind of like tried them out, um, and it just didn't feel like we fit anywhere. You know, um, Chad and Nana sucked us in with uh, Annie's going to be dedicated and we need you to be there. I mean, it was shortly after her dedication that we both went to the altar, rededicated our lives, and, and basically just knew that somewhere, some way, there was going to be some type of ministry for us. She was with her mom. I, the only, I, I don't know all the details, all I know is that she ended up in the cable and ended up drowning. Um, it was very hard because I, I felt like I didn't really have a relationship with my daughter because I didn't get her a lot. I really turned to Jen and Gabe and Morgan. They were kind of my rock. Um, he ended up having to have all of his teeth pulled because he had bad teeth. And when you have bad teeth, that can lead to infections um, because he was getting radiation basically from cheekbone to collarbone. All of this area was going to be basically very infection prone. Um, so he had to get all of his teeth pulled. 
and then he ended up getting a feeding tube, um, and then he started treatments, uh, 35 radiations, eight weeks of chemo, uh, hydration daily at the hospital for months, um, speech therapy. Uh, we did that for months to learn how to swallow and how to talk. Um, he did not talk for three months. He did not say one word out loud. He slowly uh, started started to come back to life probably April-ish of that year. Uh, so it would have been April of 14. By June of 14, he was on the softball field. Um, by August of 14, he was accidentally sliding with a feeding tube. He says he fell down. When he was diagnosed the first time, we were we were we were going to church, not faithfully, but we were definitely going to another church. And you know, when we were there, you know, we're praying for you. They would pray, they would hug him, they would love him. But outside of church, nothing ever happened. Um, we were kind of just lost. Because of the radiation, he ended up having a lot of complications to his vertebrae and his neck. They're very, uh, basically, they're soft, and they don't, they don't hold up very well. So he's had some hardware put in. I mean, it was tough to get. So I felt like I was so close to like getting over the hump, and I just felt like I got kicked right back down to the bottom again. We went for follow-up in October, and um, the x-rays came back, and they pop up on the screen, and I had worked in orthopedics, and I have seen lots of x-rays, and I've seen lots of hardware. Um, it was very obvious that the hardware had come out in his neck. So then we have to go see the ENT again. Um, this time they decide to do a surgery together. Um, we scheduled that for January of 2022. ENT came in, told me everything was great. It took about three hours for him to release all the scar tissue. Um, he removed a lipoma. He did some other things. Um, released some very thick bands that he had in his neck, um, just to kind of give him a little bit more range of motion. And um, he he basically said, I tagged out. The other surgeon tagged in. Everything should be smooth sailing from here. And the surgeon called me about two hours later and basically said, and I honestly will never forget it. He said, the first part of the surgery is complete, but I'm going to schedule the second half for Tuesday. I just tested positive for COVID. That Saturday, he aspirated and they called a, um, they called a code on him because he was trying to die. He was basically suffocating on his own saliva, um, which led to a million more things happening. He ended up having the second surgery that Tuesday, but they put him on a vent. Even when I can't see it, even when I can't feel it, we knew that God was there and that God was playing a part. And um, honestly, Pastor Steve played a huge part in, um, in his faith growing. And I think that's because he made intentional um, attempts to connect with him outside of church to pray with him. Uh, Pastor Steve prayed with us in the parking lot at St. Rita's at 5 a.m. the morning of surgery. We had no clue he was there. Um, and he, I'm like, you could have met us at our house. We live in Salina. Um, you know, he drove to the hospital just to pray with him in the parking lot. And I told him later, I said, that's the first time that someone from church has prayed with him out loud. It wasn't like a group prayer. Um, it was really you know, showing him what God love means. Pastor Steve, just being up there at the hospital almost every day to visit, you know, saying a prayer. And I think even one time, uh, Paige sat in the room with oh, me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Officer Paige. We had a church family that cared and reached out to us in ways we cannot imagine. Driving back and forth to St. Rita's, sometimes 
twice a day, three times a day. Um, it was hard. And we had people here help us financially. We had people help us with meals. Um, we had, and we definitely had prayers and we knew, and we knew and we felt the love. And uh, I told Pastor Steve, that's the first time he's really felt love, God love outside of a church. Um, you know, that people really cared and that God put certain people in our paths for a reason. This time around, I do know that I really do have God behind me to help. So every day I just gotta take it one step at a time and just gotta be patient. It'll happen on his time, not my time. I always tell like a bunch of the softball guys I play ball with over the years. Well, if they, if they want to reply, let me know. If they don't, that's fine too. But I always tell them, if you just need somebody that you need want to vent to, just send me a message. You know what I mean? Because sometimes that's all, all, all people need too, is just to be able to send a message to somebody about how they're feeling during a certain situation or whatever that's going on in their life and, and not be judged and not be judged for it. But, um, and, and reaching out, like I said, it doesn't have to be, you have to go to their house and you have to sit with them and pray with them for an hour. And no, I think sometimes the biggest, sometimes the biggest ministries are the little things. So thankful for, uh, Jen and Burke sharing that story, and um, and so as we as we get ready to close, I I want you to to know that as we share these videos, it's it's not just so. Oh well, now I know who Jen and Burke is, and now I know what they've went through. Can I tell you? There's 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 uh, hours more, and, and Pastor Doug and 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 Jen, I know them now because I you know I heard all. There's hours more. We're a family. We have to first know each other. And then second, we got to go outside the walls and share who Jesus is and share our story. Amen? So, so this morning, as we get ready to close, I want to ask a question. And, and uh, I will tell you, um, I didn't, I, I will, and I'm not, I didn't know Jen and Burke um, that morning that I went up to pray. I mean, I'd met them said hi I didn't know where the hospital was I just drove they don't know I think I got there about 4.30 just because I didn't want to be late and I didn't know where it was he said well that's what a pastor is supposed to do I didn't have any obligation to do that I didn't do it because I'm a pastor I did it because I seen people I didn't want to be alone I wanted them to know that somebody outside of their family loved them. Somebody outside their family was praying for them. So my question is this week, who are you going to be that for? Who are we going to take the time this week to love where they're at? To earn the right to share our story with? And to leave better than we found. You say, Pastor, that's a lot of things that we have to do. Can you just focus on one? Loving people where they're at. Because I promise you, when people start knowing the God that you serve, not because the message you preach, but because the actions you show, you'll see a world of difference. Doors will open up and their ears will too. Amen. Can you stand all over the house? This story and this series is less about filling this building. It's more about 
giving you a commission. Jesus gave us the great commission. But I'm sharing this morning that we have a responsibility to our county, to our city, to our community, to our families, to share our story. Can we pray right now? Father, I know this is what you had me to share today. I'm confident of it. Lord, as we are in this house today, help us make a commitment to love people where they're at. Not going to wait till they do this or they do that. I'm going to love them where they are. Hear me today. I'm going to say it one more time. Those that have been written off, God is getting ready to turn around. Love them where they're at. Help us love people where they're at, Lord. Help us spend the time to invest in others. Maybe it's a meal. Maybe it's some time outside of church. Maybe it's answering that call when we don't quite feel like it. But God, most of all, help us listen. Listen to the words that people say and also help us hear what they're not saying, Father. Lord, let us leave people better than where we find them. Lord, I know that this is some heavy stuff. And I feel the weight of this today. And it has nothing to do with what you've done in my life. But it has everything to do with the fact that our world needs you. I can't save three billion people. I can't save one. You do the saving. But Lord, I may not be able to reach three billion people. God, help me reach one. Father, help me reach one. And not just be satisfied with one, but Lord, let me this week reach one more. God, give us a passion for the lost. Give us a passion for those that are broken. Give us a passion, God, so that we can see them one day share the story of what you've done in their life. We're going to thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. If you're thankful for it, can you give him praise today?